Ashley Rock reading Nora Roberts' book. Inner Harbor, Chapter 8. There's probably a chance he stepped the state. Sibyl wondered if it could possibly be illegal. Loitering the ocean at Christopher's middle school certainly made her feel like some sort of criminal. No matter how firmly she told herself she was doing nothing wrong. She was simply walking on a public street in the middle of the afternoon. It wasn't as though she was stalking Seth or planning to abduct him. She only wanted to talk to him, see him alone for a little while. She waited until the middle of the week, watching from a careful distance on Monday and Tuesday to gauge his routine and the time. Habitually, she now knew the buses lumbered up to school several minutes before the doors opened and children began pouring out. Elementary first, then middle, then the high school students. That alone was a lesson in the process of childhood, she moves. The compact little bodies and fresh round faces of them elementary children, then the more gangly, somewhat awkward forms of those who hover around puberty, and last, the astonishing adult and more individual young people who showed out of the high school. It was a study in itself, she decided, from dangling shoelaces and gap tooth smiles to cowlicks and ball jackets to baggy jeans and shiny falls of hair. Children had never been a part of her life or her interests. She'd grown up in a world of adults and had been expected to accumulate to conform. There had been no big yellow school buses, no wild rebel yells when busting out of the school doors into freedom, no lingering in the parking lot with some leather jacket bad boy. So she observed all those things here like an audience at a play and found a mix of drama and comedy both amusing and informative. When Seth hurried out bumping bodies with the dark haired boy, she decided what was most usually his most usual companion, her pulse quickened. He whipped his ball cap out of his pocket and put it on his head the moment he was through the doors. A ritual, she thought, symbolizing the change of rules. The other boy finished fishing his pocket, pulled out a fish little bubble gum, and seconds it was wadded into his mouth. The noise level rose, making it impossible for her to hear their conversation, but it appeared to be animated and included a great deal of elbow jabbing and shoulder punching, typical male faction pattern, she concluded. They turned their backs on the buses and began to walk down the sidewalk. Moments later, a small boy raced up to them. He bounced, Seville noted, and seemed to have a great deal to say for himself. She waited a moment longer, then casually took a path that would intersect with theirs. Shit, man, that geography test was nothing. A buzzer could have aced it. Seth struck to distribute the weight of his backpack. The other boy blew an impressive candy pink bubble, popped it, and sucked it in. I don't know what the big damn deal about knowing all the states and capitals. It's not like I'm going to live in North Dakota. Seth, that well. Seville watched him stop. The justice trainer thought I'm focusing. Oh, yeah. Hi. I guess school stuff for the day. You heading home? Boatyard. There was that little dance on the nap of his neck again, and irritating. We got work. I'm going that way myself. She tried to smile while he was. Hi, that's the Bill. I'm Danny. The other boy told him. Well, that's Will. Nice to meet you. We had vegetable soup for lunch. Well, poor Reverend Grandly. And Lisa, Lisa Harbo threw up all over. And Mr. Jim had to clean it up, and her mom came to get her, and we couldn't write our vocabulary words. She did for Altonville as we relayed the information. Then she uttered an amazingly innocent, wonderfully bright smile. Let's be helpless to resist. I hope Lisa's feeling better soon. I hope Lisa's feeling better soon. Once, 
That place is feeling better too. Once when I threw up, I got to stay home and watch TV all day. Me and Danny live over there on Harrow Lane. Where do you live? I was just visiting my uncle John and Aunt Margie. Moved to South Carolina and we go visit them. They have two dogs and a baby named Mike. You have dogs and babies? No, no adults. You can get them, he told her. You can go right up to the animal shelter and get a dog. That's what we did. And you can get married and make a baby so it lives in your stomach. There's nothing to it. Jeez. Jeez, Will. Jeez, Will. Set the girl's eyes. possible while they managed to like, well, I'm going to have dogs and babies when I grow up. As many as I want. He flashed that hundred watt smile again and raced away. Bye. He's such a geek. Danny said with a shuddering disdain of, oh, a brother for a younger. See, he said, he bounded after Will, turned briefly to run backward, and flipped a wave towards Seville. Bye. He's not really a geek, said Seville, told Seville. He's just a kid, and he's got diarrhea of the mouth, but he's pretty cool. He's certainly friendly. She shifted her shoulder back, smiled down at him. You mind if I walk the rest of the way with you? It's okay. I thought I heard you say something about a geography test. Yeah, we took one today. It was nothing. You like school? It's there. He took his sword. You gotta go. Gotta go. I always enjoyed it. Learning new things. He laughed at I suppose I was a geek. Seth Tangle said, narrowing his eyes as he studied her face. A looker. Pillowbag called her. You remember? He guessed she was. She had nice eyes. Light color, a shape contrast to the dark lashes. Her hair wasn't the darkest Anna's, nor light like Grace's. It was really shiny, he noted. And the way she pulled it back, all smooth and stuff, like left her face right out there. Might be cool to draw sometime. You don't look like a geek, said the mouth, just as the bill felt. Heat beginning to rise in her cheeks under his long as it's study. Anyway, that would be a nerd. Oh, she wasn't sure. She disqualified for nerd status and decided not to ask. What do you like studying best? I don't know. Mostly it's just a bunch of stuff, he decided, quickly centering his opinion. I guess I like it better when we get to read about people instead of things. I was always, I've always liked to study people. She stopped and gestured to her small two-story gray house with a trampoline. My theory would be that a young family lives there. Both husband and wife work outside the home, and they have a preschooler, most likely a boy. Odds are they've known each other a number of years and have been married less than seven. How come? Well, it's in the middle of the day and no one's home. No cars in the drive, and the house looks empty, but there's a tricycle there and several large toy trucks. The house isn't new, but it's well kept. Most young couples both work today in order to buy a home, have a family. They live in a small community. Younger people rarely settle in small towns unless one or both of them grew up there. So I theorize that this couple lived here, knew each other, eventually married. It's like they had their first child within the first three years of marriage. And the toys indicate he's three or five. Three to five. That's pretty cool, Seth decided after a moment. However foolish she was, she felt a surge of pride that she might have avoided nerd no math all. But I want to know more. But I want to know more, wouldn't you? But I'd want to know more, wouldn't you? She caught his interest. Like what? Why'd they choose this particular house? What are their goals? What's the status of the relationship? Who handles the money? Which indicates the discipline of the but I'd want to know more, wouldn't you? He, she got his interest. Like, what? Why did they choose this particular house? What are their goals? What is the status of their relationship? Who handles the money? Which indicates the deposition of power and why. If studying people, you see the patterns. 
How come it matters? I don't understand. Who cares? <laughs> well, if you understand the patterns, the social picture on a large scale, you learn why people behave in a certain manners. What if they don't fit? Right, boys, not on another deep one. Everyone fits some pattern. You factor in background, genetics, education, social strata, religions, and cultural roots. You pay for that? Yes, I suppose it's weird. Now she concluded she had definitely been reclaimed to nerd status. It can be interesting. She dragged her brain to come up with an example that would salvage his opinion. I did this experiment once in a central city. So I arranged for a man to stand on the street and stare up at a building. Did you stare at it? That's right. He stood there and stared up, shading his eyes from the sun when he had to. Before long, someone stopped beside him and started and stared up at the same building. Then another and another until there was a crowd of people all looking up at the building. It took much longer for anyone to actually ask what was going on. What? were they looking at no one really wanted to be the first ask because that was a mission that they didn't see what you assume everyone else was seeing we want to conform we want to fit in we want to know and see and understand what the person beside us knows and see and understands i bet some of them thought someone was going to jump out of the window very likely the average time an individual stood looking interrupted their schedule was two minutes she believed she caught his imagination again and so she heard him it's actually quite a long Time to stare at a perfectly ordinary building. That's pretty cool, but it's still weird. They were coming to the point where he had to veer off to go to the boatyard. She saw quickly and rare moves went within us. What do you think would happen if you conducted the same experiment in St. Christopher's? I don't know the same thing. I doubt it. Wanna try? Maybe. We can head over to the waterfront now. Will your brother worry if you're a few minutes late? Should we get go tell him you're with me? Nah, Cam doesn't keep me on a leash. He cuts me some slack time. She wasn't sure how she felt about the loose discipline in the area, but the moment she was happy to take a minute. Let's try it then. I'll pay you an ice cream. You got a deal. They turn away from the boat here. You can pick a spot. Yeah, it's necessary to stand. People don't generally pay attention to someone who's sitting and looking. They often assume the person is simply daydreaming or resting. I get it. It's more effective if you look up something. It is okay. I videotape. He raises his eyebrows. She took a neat compact video corner. Yeah, I guess. Carry that around all the time. When I'm working, I do. And note in a notebook and a micro audio tape recorder. Backup batteries, tapes, extra pencils, myself, phone, she left herself. I like being prepared. And today, the they make a computer small enough to fit in my purse. I'm going to be the first in line. Who likes all that electronics? That's you. That back is of an urban night. We're desperate not to waste minutes. Then, of course, we can't get away from anything because we're plugged in every second of the day. You can just turn everything off. Yes, oddly she found the simplicity of a statement profile. I suppose I could. Pedestrian traffic was light on the waterfront. She was she saw a work boat unloading the day's catch and a family taking advantage of the balmy afternoon by splurging on ice cream sundaes at one of the little outdoor tables. Two old men, their faces not brown and deeply seamed, sat on an iron bench with a checkerboard between them. Neither seemed inclined to make a move. Three of women chatted in the doorway of one of the shops, but only one of them carried a bag. I'm going to go stand over there, says pointing to the spot, and look up at the hotel. Good choice! Bill stayed where she was as he strolled off. Distance was necessary to keep the experiment pure. She lifted the camera, zoomed in 
as Seth moved away. He turned once, shot her a quick cocky smile, and with his face filled, her view screen emotions. She hadn't been prepared for plenty. He was so handsome, so bright, so happy. She struggled to pull herself back from the dangerous edge. Then she was afraid was despair. She walked away. She thought, pack up and leave. You'd never see him again. He would never know who she was or what they were to each other. He would never miss whatever she could bring into his life. She was nothing to him. She never really tried to be. It was different now. She reminded herself she was making it different now. Deliberately, she ordered her fingers relaxed, her neck her arms. She was causing no harm by getting to know him, spending some time studying the situation. She taped him as he settled on his spot, lifted his face. The profile was finer, more angled than Gloria. Sibyl decided perhaps his bone structure would come from his father. His built wasn't Gloria's either, as she first assumed, but more like her own and her mother. She would be tall when he finished growing, mostly leg on the slim side. His body language, you saw, was a slight joke, was typical Quinn. Already taken on some of the traits of his foster family, that his ship, his that hip shot stance, hands tucked in pockets, head ankle. She fought back an annoying spurt of resentment and ordered herself to force focus on the experiment. Took just over a minute for the first person to stop beside Steph. She recognized the big woman with the gray streaked hair who manned the counter at Crawford's. Everyone called her mother. As expected, the woman shifted her gaze, tilted her face up. To follow Seth's line of sight, but after a quick scan, she patted Seth's over. Why are you looking at, boy? Nothing. He muttered. It's so that Sibyl as closer to try to pick up his voice in the tank. Well, he's staying there for long, looking up at nothing. People are going to think you're pixelated. Why aren't you down to the boatyard? I'm going in a minute. Hey, Mother, hey, Seth. Pretty young woman with dark hair stopped in the frame. Glasses. What's going on? Going up there? I don't see anything. Nothing to see, Mother. Boy, she's staying looking at nothing. How's your mama, Julie? No, she's a little under the weather. She's got a short throat and a little cough. Chicken soup, hot tea, and honey. Grace brought soup over this morning. See, she eats it. Here. Here. Hey there, Jim. Afternoon. Short, stocky man in a white rubber boots clumped over. Gave Seth a friendly swat on the head. Why are you staring up there, boy? Jeez, can't a guy just stand around? Seth turned his face to the camera, rolled his eyes for Sibyl, and made her chuckle. Stand here long, go light on you. Jim winked at him. Captain, for the day. He had a referring. He, he gets to the boat yard before you. He's going to want to know why. I'm going up gone. Man, short and rounded head to him. Now Seth stuck back to Nobody's falling for it. Because everybody knows you. She switched off the camera loaded. It changes the pattern. Figured that would happen. I theorized, Cracker. That in a closely knit area where the subject was known, the pattern would be that an individual would stop. <laughs> they would probably look first, then question. There's no risk, no loss of ego when questioning a familiar person and a young one. But that he frowned them over toward where the true continued chat. So I still get paid? Absolutely, and you are likely read a section in my book. Cool. I'll take a cookie dough cone. I've got to get to the boatyard before Cam and Ethan hassle me. If they're going to be angry with you, I'll explain it's my fault you're late. They won't be pissed or anything. Besides, I'll tell them it was like for science, right? Oh, and he flashed that grin. She had to resist some unexpected nerves to hug him. That's exactly right. She was laying a hand on her shoulder as she started toward Crawford's. She thought she felt him slipping and, ca and casually let her hand drop away. And we can also call them on my cell phone. 
Yeah? Way cool. Can I do it? Sure, why not? 20 minutes later, Seville was at her desk, fingers racing over her keyboard. Though I spent less than an hour with him, I would conclude that the subject is extremely bright. Philip informed me that he achieves high grades academically, which is admirable. It was satisfying to discover that he has a questioning mind. His manners were perhaps a bit rough, but not unpleasant. He appears to be considerably more outgoing socially than his mother or I were at his age. And that, I mean, he seemed quite natural with relative strangers without the polite formality that was stressed in my own upbringing. Part of this may be due to the influence of the Quins. They are, as I have noted previously, informal, casual people. But also conclude from watching both the children and the adults with whom we interacted today that he is generally well-liked in this community and accepted as part of it. Naturally, I cannot at this early stage conclude whether or not his best interest would be served by remaining here. It's simply not possible to ignore Gloria's rights, nor have an attempt as yet to discover the boy's wishes as concerned his mother. I'd prefer that he grow accustomed to me, feel comfortable about me, before he learns of her family connection. I need more time. She broke off as the phone rang and scanning her hastily typed notes picked up the phone. Dr. Griffin? Hello, Dr. Griffin. Why do I expect I've interrupted your work? She recognized Philip's voice, amusement in it, and with a flare of guilt, lowered the top of her computer. Because you're a perceptive man, but I spare a few minutes. How are things in Baltimore? Busy. How's this? The visual is a handsome young couple, beaming smiles as they carry the laughing toddler to a mid-sized sedan. Caption, Minds don't tires. Your family matters to us. Manipulative, the customer is led to believe that if he or she buys another brand, the family doesn't matter to the other company. Yeah, it works. Of course, we're hitting the car mags with a different image. Screaming convertible and a kick-ass red long winding winding road. Sexy blonde at the wheel. Mindstone tires. You can drive there or you can be there. <laughs> Clever. The client likes him and that takes a load off. How's life in St. Chris? Quiet. She bit her lip. I ran into Sus a bit ago. Actually, I drafted him out when it was an experiment. It went well. Oh, yeah? How much did you have to pay? An ice cream cone. Double scoop. <laughs> you got off cheap. Kid's an operator. How about dinner tomorrow night? A bottle of champagne to celebrate our mutual success. Speaking of operators, I've been thinking about you all week. Three days. We corrected and picked up a pit, though. We had a doodle on our pad. And nights with the, this account so I can get out a little early tomorrow. Well, I don't want to pick you up at 7. I'm not sure where we're going, Philip. Neither am I. Do you need me? She understood that neither of them were speaking of restaurants. It's less confusing that way. We'll talk about it and maybe we'll get past this, the confusion. 7 o'clock. She glanced down, noticed that she unconsciously sketched a space on her notepad and a bad side. She thought a very dangerous side. Alright, it was best to face complications said on. I'll see you tomorrow. Do me a favor. If I can, you can meet tonight. She doubted she had any chance of the matter. Bye. In his office, 14 stories above the streets of Baltimore, Philip pushed back from the slick black desk, nor the beep on his computer, and signaled an inner office email and turned toward his wide window. He loved his view of the city. The renovated buildings, the glimpses of the harbor, the hustle of cars and people below, but just now, he didn't see any of it. He literally couldn't get Sibyl out of his mind. It was a new experience for this congenial tug on his thoughts and con concentration. It wasn't as if she was interfering with his routine. He reflected he could work, 
eat brainstorm to his presentation as skillful as he had before he met her, but she was simply there, he decided, to tickle at the back of his mind. But the day that inched forward to the front one, his energies weren't otherwise occupied. He wasn't quite sure he enjoyed having a woman demand so much of his attention, particularly a woman who was worth very little to encourage him. Maybe he considered that light sheen of formality, that cautious distance he tried to maintain a challenge. Thought he could live with that. It was just another thing entertaining and valid variety of games men and women play. But he worried that something was happening on a level he never explored. And if he was any judge, she was just as unsettled by it was as he is. It's just like you, right? said from behind. Oh, Jesus. Don't then spit her out. Didn't Google. He simply shut his eyes. Pretty fancy outfit you got here. Been a while since I got in. Ray proud the room casually appraising his lips at a black frame canvas splashed with reds and blues. Not bad, he said. Brain stimulator. I guess that's why you put it in your office. Get the juices going. I refuse to believe that my dead father is standing in my office critiquing art. Well, that wasn't what I wanted to talk about anyway. But he paused behind a mental sculpture in the corner. But I like this piece too. He always had high class taste, art, food, women. He grinned at Philip. Miss Philip turned. The woman you've got on your mind now, Francis. Very high class. I need to take some time off. I agree with you there. You've been up to and over your head for months. She's an interesting well woman, Philip. There's more to her than you see or than she knows. I hope when the time comes, you'll listen to her. Really listen to her. What are you talking about? He held up a hand palm out. What am I asking you? Why am I asking you what you're talking about when you're not here? I'm hoping that the pair of you will stop analyzing steps and stages and accept what is. Ray Shark slipped his hands into the pockets of his Orioles frilder's jacket. But you have to go your own way. It's going to be hard. There's not much time left before it gets a lot harder. It'll stand between Seth and what hurts him. I know that. I want to tell you that you can trust her. When it's down to the sticking point, Philip, you trust yourself and you trust her. Who chills get down what does Sibyl have to do with Seth? It's not for me to tell you that. He smiled again, but his eyes didn't match the curve of his lips. You haven't talked to your brothers about me. You need to. You need to stop feeling. You have to control all the buttons. You're good at it. God knows. But give it a little. You're in a deep breath. Turn the slow side. Christ. Christ. Your mother would have gotten me kicked out of this place. You've done a hell of a job with your life so far. Now is that smile. I'm proud of you. I know you'll handle what comes next. Do the hell with job with my life, woman. <laughs> you mom. Damn right with it. Went, Keep it up. Well, the phone rang. <laughs> Everything that happens needs to happen. It's what you do about it that makes the difference. Answer the phone, Phil. I remember. Seth needs you. Then there was nothing but the ringing of the phone in an empty office. With his gates locked on where his father had been, Philip Richard, Philip Quinn. As he listened, his eyes hardened, grabbed a pen, and began to take notes of the detective's report the most recent movements of Gloria Delotte. End of chapter 8.